2: This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar, but to be honest, there is a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want, every day they want it.
0: What's up, Dub Nation? This is a rare Marcus from the future kicking off this episode for you this week. Bram was able to catch up with Marcus Thompson, and they talked about a
3: bunch of great Warrior stuff. So this episode will feature most of what they covered. But
2: we are saving a few gems for a big idea we're cooking up, so stay tuned for that later. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this episode more than Clay did his NBA 2K rating. A bunch of bums. Hit it, Maxime. We're
0: going to bring you all to our huddle.
2: It is my great pleasure to announce rejoining us after way too long a foremost Warriors Authority who's covered the Bay's sports scene for 18 years and counting, a Golden State specialist and senior lead columnist for The Athletic who's closely followed the team for more than a decade, the author of Golden, The Miraculous Rise of Steph Curry, Dynasties, The Ten Goat Teams That Changed the NBA Forever, and a guy who made me really question my own understanding of Denzel's character in the book of Eli, Mr. Marcus Thompson. What's going on, MT? You
3: you clearly had a flawed understanding of the Book of Eli, because there's only one interpretation. I don't care what you and Steph Curry says.
2: I mean, I've so I've spent a lot of time preparing for today, and one of the rabbit holes I jumped down is I wanted to like send you some article that definitively showed that I was right. And to be honest with you, I didn't find one. Like I thought first, I was gonna like share my screen and come off as this big hero, but no, I, I found nothing.
3: The, I think they they either went for the ambiguity, or when it when it became ambiguous at the end, they decided to lean in, but they they refused to 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 clarify my stance that I was correct. <laughs>
2: Like I told you, I wish you were wrong, man. But after spending like at least an hour trying to find something, I can tell you that that ambiguity is real. Uh, I got all these championship podcast stuff to to throw by it, but I got to start here. So I've been living and dying with your updates on uh, Wiseman. I mean, I've gotten to see him a little bit now through the summer league games, but before that, all I had was your impressions, MT, and your tweets about him. Give me an instant take, man. Is it too early? Do you believe in this guy? Where are we on James?
3: I definitely believe in James Wiseman. Uh, I just believe it'll take a lot of patience. You know, this is not a, uh, this is not like a ready-made. You know how you make cookies yeah. and you got the and bakes and then there's the kind you got to like start from scratch. He is definitely a start from scratch guy. You know what I'm saying? And in the end, you know, if anybody who enjoys cookies will probably tell you those end up better. You just they just take longer. You know, Uh, we are a very uh, break and bake society. (laughs) And maybe maybe players are mostly breaking. But, you know, they come to this league more ready than we see James Wiseman. But he just hasn't played, man. He just hasn't. So the the fortuitous, the fortuitiveness of the Warriors is that they still have Stephen Curry, who's incredible. And they still got Dre Mongering and Clay Thompson. And they don't need him to be ready right now. Uh, and Joe Lacob's plan for him was to be uh, a centerpiece down the road. So in any other situation, it might be all bad for James Wiseman, but he's kind of got the perfect situation. And I actually do believe in him. Like, he's he's super talented, you know, and if, if, if you watch Jordan Poole, it's hard not to kind of say, all right, but before you make these final conclusions – kind of relax and give that due time because nobody saw this from Jordan Poole.
2: I love the make from scratch analogy and what it really underlines for me man is how quickly this fan base has changed. You know I mean the the lack of patience or even understanding for this roster when they drafted Wiseman before he set one foot on the floor what everyone told us is look big men take longer. You know it just is what it is. It's a byproduct of the position and the second it's taken a little bit longer and added in this injury we've all freaked the fuck out including me to be fair um but I like the analogy. But I do
3: think that's that like that's fair though. I, I I don't like when people say that's not fair because this draft pick happened in the middle of a dynasty yeah. with one of the all-time great players. Yeah. You typically don't draft for six years later. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. I th- I think that's a very fair criticism. I think it's a, a definitely a real concern. Like if you have the greatest player of a generation on your team why are you preparing for 2030 yep. right like that's a fair criticism now because it worked it really helps but what what the warriors were doing was a very non-traditional and risky plan like it's okay to say that it's okay to say i think wiseman will be good yep. but there were other players who would maximize what you have right now like I, I i don't think i don't think warriors fans who went like who who had that concern were like off base yeah. Of, of some sort, like it was a very legitimate thing. Now they might be wrong, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it was I think it was legitimate. That's all I'm saying.
2: <laughs> is it done now? Now that the Warriors, you know, we've got the fourth title, they, they beat Boston. Is the plan officially a success? You know, have they now both No, them?
3: no, no, the plan is not a f- officially a success. Steph Curry is officially a success. Draymond Green is a f- officially a success, right? Like when when You know, when I hate to use these cliches, when the rubber meets the road or whatever, but like you saw in the playoffs, those dudes were not playing. Uh, So, you know, I mean, it's successful in the sense that their development process included a postseason run, which figures to help them. Right. It looks like it is beneficial for players like Moses Moody. And if they do end up like good this year and, and serviceable everybody will be able to say, man, it was really good for them to go through that playoff run. Yep. But the OGs won the title, right? That's that's who won the title. Unless you count Jordan Pooh, right? I mean, you can't take Jordan Pooh out of that mix. But if you look where he is, he's in his third year, right? He's a little bit further down the road. So yep. to me, it's a success when Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody yeah. – are good contributing players.
2: Makes sense. I mean, the, the biggest contribution that Moody and J.K. made during the playoffs was that loss to Dallas, right, when they brought us back but didn't actually bring us over the hump. And so, no, the, the, this title isn't at their feet. It makes sense to me. And it hasn't
3: failed yet either, to be fair. Yeah.
2: It's, it's like
3: it's still going, right? Like it's, 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 it's still going. And they, they basically doubled down by not bringing back any of the veterans. So we're going to really see how well it worked.
2: Let me go to our championship questions. Uh, The first one you've already answered. You've already entered in a book. You've already answered even today. But I still want to ask it to you because it came up from national media outlets. After this fourth title, after six finals uh, runs in eight years, is this a dynasty? And as the author of the book Dynasties in 2021, you're the go-to guy here, man. So is this team officially a dynasty?
3: I think they already were. Yeah. Uh, Why? You win two championships in the NBA. That's that. I don't. I think people are are missing how rare that is. Uh, one team winning two championships in the NBA is. I mean, you could literally count on your hands. We, we could we could go through right now and name them. <laughs> and I'm not saying one franchise winning two, but I'm saying the same team right. winning two championships. It just doesn't happen. You can't get to twenty for sure. Right. Uh, and they've won three. And they went to five straight finals, right? Uh, I don't if if the if the Warriors are not a dynasty, then you're scratching off the Larry Bird Celtics, right? You're scratching that off as a dynasty. The pistons done, you know. You know, like you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, they of course they, I do. No, and they, your your answer is one boy two. Bill
2: Simmons who started all this shit. And I love that you started with uh with the Celtics. I mean, that's I, of course I agree. Yeah, they
3: won three in like what, six or seven years, right? Like Man same, same, uh, outcome. Uh, and, and you got to mix in there that, you know, they had some, uh, Eastern conference finals losses, right? Like the Philadelphia 76ers got them a couple of times. Like, so if the, if the warriors are, if this team that won three titles and with the five straight finals was not a dynasty, then there are only like four dynasties ever. Right. And if we want to be that exclusive about a dynasty, all right, but just start scratching off some other ones too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the uh, One of the reasons it was so important for me to try to get you on this podcast and why it's always such a pleasure to fucking have you, Matt. It's not only that you're good at what you do, you stretch way back. You've been watching this team, you know, since they were awful, which leads to this. Did you ever see this shit coming? I mean, like ever um, we we talked to Tim Roy about this and he said, look, the, the people who have the warriors in their soul are kind of like Wiley e. Coyote, that, that we're still expecting failure. You know, that like if we look down, this whole thing is going to collapse. So like going back to the Cohen era, if you could go back and say, look, these guys are going to be a dynasty. Would you have ever believed it? Like, was this a possibility in your mind?
3: Only in the sense that, like, everybody gets a turn. You know huh. what I'm saying? Like, It was the Warriors were so bad that it was like at some point it has to even out, right? Did
2: you believe that though? If someone said at some point we'll get a turn, we never would have believed
3: it. Did we not watch the the Boston Red Sox come back from 3 0 down? You know what I'm
2: saying? Like, yes, but also we had like Yuri Welsh sucking ass, you know, like we didn't have anybody. There's no, I'm just saying, like they went
3: 108 years without a title, then all of a sudden, boom, they're not. I mean. I don't. I don't think you could even predict the stuff ever. Like nobody saw the Bill Russell Celtics coming. Nobody saw the Jordan Bulls coming. So nobody can say this is going to be a dynasty. But I do think at some point I could see that they would be champions, right? And and who knows how many they run off at that point? Like I I feel like that you just you're lying if you said you knew that. You're just yeah. lying. But you once once they got a formidable player and you and you know I to me it was the San Antonio series yeah like it was the San Antonio series When they lost
2: right the, yeah, yeah yeah they
3: i mean they had San Antonio shook like some things go a certain way they could at least push that thing to 7 and huh. you know so to me that was like okay, these dudes are for real. And the crazy part was when they lost game one, they choked game one. Yeah, they were up 18 right. in the fourth and choked it. And everybody thought they were done. And I remember being in the locker room. And they were they they were like, oh, okay, we, we feel it now. And then they come out and win game two. I mean, at that point, you just knew them dudes were different. Like Steph and Clay, were, they were different. Yep. And we didn't even really know about Draymond Green at that point. Yep. You just knew that. These two dudes were different. Like that they weren't they weren't your typical guys. Uh no no shade to like anybody else, but you know, no no shade to like the we believe or you know any other iteration we've seen before. These dudes were different. You can run so TNT.
2: That's exactly right. You
3: know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, okay, they could they could win a champion. Like they needed a lot of pieces, but they could win a championship. You know, keep in mind, right it's always that one team that breaks through every now and then, right? It's like the one team that get it off like Dirk and the Dallas Mavericks are, are a good example of that. Uh, so, but
2: to think that they would win four. Nah, nobody. How about this year? So, I mean, this year I was thinking like four seed, this was all like slowly scale the mountaintop. And then next year when clay is healthy and Wiseman can contribute is when I thought they'd go for it. At what point during the 2022 run did you start thinking this this team might be able to do it?
3: I thought that the entire way. I don't really? to me. I've been saying this the whole time. Uh, you put Steph Clay and Draymond in the playoffs. Them dudes don't lose like yeah. that. They 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 are their puncher's chance. Like period. Uh, I thought that last year. I was like, if they get in, and they didn't have Clay, but I'm like. <laughs> I mean, you still have to see these dudes. A lot of people looked at it from the other way. Like, hey, if they get in, like, can they win? Can they go on a run? Can they win? To me, it was really the opposite. It was like, if they're facing another team, the question is, can that team beat these dudes? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got you to gotta eliminate Steph Curry. Like, you have to eliminate him. And that's why you looking around. So it wasn't necessarily like, I think this team is like far and away better. To me, it was more a question of who really had it yeah. to beat Steph Curry, Klay yeah. Thompson, and Draymond Green. We've yeah. only seen the greatest, arguably the greatest of all time do it on the greatest run of his life. In the, You know what I'm saying? Like, we. <laughs> Oh yeah, we've only seen, and before that, it was like Chris Paul and then when they were young, right? And and probably the most chaotic series of all time in the Donald Sterling series, right? There's always got to be these unique factors to beat these dudes. So I always felt like, to me, and that's what made like that's why i understood people's like reticence about drafting a dude who wasn't ready. Yeah. It's like man, oh, sure. But if you put these dudes in the playoffs and give them a couple pieces, yeah, right. Like who's gonna like you got to beat them. Yeah. Like for real. Like you got we saw this against Boston, man, Boston was about as ready as you could get. They beat everybody but they could not they at
2: the end they lost three straight to the warriors like we've seen it so exactly right well and my one of my favorite parts about that series is when uh jalen brown nobody asks him at all and jalen brown says you know who we're not afraid of the golden state warriors yeah and, like if, if marcus said. if i can't do it was like oh i did not steal your wallet You'd be like what and you know, start checking your pocket like yeah, nobody absolutely. accused you of shit the second he said that you could tell they were in their heads that you know, was exactly
3: what draymond said I, I, these dudes are different man you, to beat Like, it just takes another level to beat them. You got to beat them, and then you got to prepare for their counter. And then, even if you prepare for their counter, then you have to just kind of have that one last dig because they're going to come for you. Like, uh, you know, we don't even, we we barely even see them on the elimination track, right? But (laughs) can you imagine them dudes, like, when they're about to get eliminated? They've played that way losing a game. You (laughs) know what I'm saying? So, to me, that was the thing. It was like, if you look at the landscape, and I said it all year, I'm on the record saying it, like, you got to beat them. They're the puncher's chance. You put them in a playoff series, you got to beat them. Now, I, I figured Phoenix had a good shot of doing it. Yeah, You know, maybe Chris Paul is just so fed up with losing to the Warriors that he goes nuclear. Or you put the Lakers, the healthy Lakers with LeBron. If you would have told me beginning of the year, a healthy Lakers, okay. Huh. You know, or Giannis, right? But it's going to take that level
0: (laughs) to me. I I wanted to see it. I was like,
3: I got to see it. Before before I say it can happen, I need to see it. Everybody's like, Draymond's done. Show me Draymond done in the playoffs, and then I'll believe it.
2: done do you like all the shit talking this one coming out so one of my favorite things is this victory lap but i'm petty as hell mt you know but i like the what are they going to say now i'm on board for draymond's podcast i like this from steph up on the on the uh title podium do you like it you know have they gone too far what are your opinions on this
3: i mean to be honest i don't care at all (laughs) I, i really don't i mean my my job and my desire is to do my best to share with you who they are. If that's people who don't talk trash, I'm going to try my best to share that with you. If that's people who do talk or whatever, it, I mean, that's up to them how they behave. Like I'm not an arbiter of behavior. I mean, if I had my druthers, Steph would have never done night night after, <laughs> after he did it with the trophies. You know what I'm saying? But that's Steph Curry that, that like that fits his personality and who he is. So to me, this is all a window into who they are and to how they think. So any, any more or any new information that reveals that to us, I'm all for it in whatever form, because this is who they are. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully they're being who they are to me. It doesn't matter what they do. Uh, I just want to, I just want to know more. (laughs)
2: <laughs> would you do it? My guess on you is is you, you'd handle it super classy. Occasionally, you'd have the occasional shit, but it wouldn't be straightforward. Like I would, I would have a list of fuck yous that I'd go out there and read into the microphone.
3: Nah, uh, uh, the game is to be sold and not told. Uh, so I, I definitely operate more like Steph, where it's like at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, when you high and you thinking about your life, you know, you can't see me. And that's enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, Steph (laughs) Steph knows that in their mind, they're thinking all this yapping they're doing and all this. So he knows that in their private moments that they're thinking, I cannot I cannot do nothing with this number 30. (laughs) It's killing me. And I think he gets some satisfaction from that. So I like Uh, that part.
2: Three last questions. Uh, Let me put one towards Steph. So after this and I'll make it a two parter so I can get as much as I can out of you. Um, is Steph now the greatest, whatever you need, Uh, I got time. Um, is Steph now the greatest warrior of all time? Is he the, you know, the head of that list? And then where does he rank on the all-time list for you? Is he a top 10 guy now? You know, what, what do you think? Uh, to me again,
3: he's been the greatest warrior of all time, right? Like that was, that was sealed when he got his second MVP, you know, that was sealed when he got, his second championship, right? Right. Like, let's go. This thing is about uh I mean he, he just really I mean there's a dynasty built on his back. Yep. Like, forget all of the, the the way we analyze players is so weird to me now. And it's all because of like social media and hot takes and how the discussion flows. But as someone who grew up in basketball, this is not how it was. Like, this is like you win, you get through. Like, that's what it was about. You yep. win, that matters more than anything. Uh, Larry Bird was a phenomenal player, like, just phenomenal. He could shoot, he could pass, he could rebound, right? And he did, and he competed on defense, even though he wasn't a great defender. He had good size, he could handle the rock, he was clutch. But what mattered about Larry Bird is the dude won. Like, (laughs) like that's what mattered. It was hella good players back then. But Larry Bird won. Michael Jordan won. Magic Johnson Like, that's what mattered. So this idea that winning is not like the great Equalize, and obviously, I know the, what the retort is. People go, "Oh, well, that means Robert Ori's is the greatest player of all." That's not you know what we're talking about. We're talking about the people who at the forefront of their teams. We're we're comparing superstars, right? So, I mean, so which leads to the question of top ten. I mean, to me, I already thought Steph was in the top ten. So, <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is easy, but it's also. You know, I, I know, I know we got a pod talk about it, but it's also like a pointless and fruitless discussion, you know, right? Yep. Uh my my first off is holistically subjective, but it's also not an actually an honest conversation. Nobody's creating a universal rubric that we're gonna actually judge these players by. Yeah. It's 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 you know, we're all judging it off different things. So to me, you know, I didn't watch Oscar Robertson play. Right. So Brent it don't have the same appeal to me as when I was 13 and Michael Jordan was unbelievable. Right. right? I, I I was there live for Steph Curry and LeBron James. Right. So that's going to have more significance to me than, you know, Bill Russell. Right. Like, so, so it's like, we're not even having an actual conversation. We're all creating our own rubric and judging according to that by my rubric Steph was already top 10 he's the best in the game at the most important skill in the game
2: like and he's changed everything right (laughs) you you go to anywhere go to any gym ymca any college gym anywhere there's gonna be people emulating him which i mean that that's got to be in in the conversation too
3: yeah to me yeah to me he's there uh uh like there what's the most important position in basketball right it's point guard you could argue center for most of the history but you can't you can't say a point guard ain't in it uh, and... I don't know how people judge this or whatever, but per my judgments, he's at minimum, at worst, the second best point guard of all time. Of
0: course. So they the, got
3: two point guards in your top 10. I don't know what you're talking about, right? It.
2: So, um, of course, there's nothing more subjective than a, you know, who's the greatest player of all time. I mean, you're, you're on the money, but there's some objective things that we can follow. And one of them you just nailed, right? Go back to 2015. You know, why was Chuck so pissed off at the Warriors when he kept saying things like jump shooting teams cannot win championships? Uh-huh. Then Steph Curry hits the scene. The exact opposite is true now. Everybody accepts you need shooting to win championships and that you know that's on Steph's back.
3: No question. but also I think the problem people always have with Steph is they just focus on the shooting. Yeah. and that's not yep. Steph is I mean, Michael Jordan is probably one. Steph is the, probably the, no, the Kareem is probably two, but like top five greatest offensive weapons of all time. Like you can make a case that Steph is the greatest offensive weapon of all time. If you, when you factor in the (laughs) three-pointer and you know, like now you get into, do you value the three-pointer? Do you like it or not? Do you think it's bastardized? Like, so that's what I'm saying. There's no real rubric, but the way he bends the court, the way he terrifies the defense the way he has changed the geometry of basketball, the way he's changed defensive principles, right? Like this dude is, he is an offensive weapon. It's not just the greatest shooter of all time that, that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's like saying Halle Berry is is cute, right? Like, nah, like this dude is a weapon. Like everywhere he moves on the court, he is a problem. And we see how people react to it. Like, you don't, we just, we saw this with guys like magic and Jordan and bird where wherever they go on the court like that's where the energy is so again i didn't watch kareem you might be able to say this was true about will i ain't see that and then you don't it don't really pop for me like that on espn classic so i'm not arguing with somebody from the 50s who's like kareem abdul jabbar was okay i like i feel you i understand why you say that but as far as my me watching the game and, and i add a little extra on this i think this is why people have a hard time seeing him that way but to me, it adds to the credibility of, of why he's there. Is he ain't supposed to be here,
2: yeah, right?
3: Like that—that's yeah. another thing. Right. This dude is like six three, and I and I and, and you know, I do think Isaiah should get more credit for that too, right? You know, but this dude is six three, and he he's doing things to basketball that people six 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 seven and up have done. Like nobody, there's no small player who make people react the way Steph does at his side. You know what I'm saying? Like like the way people engage. Like when he walks on the court, it's like he's seven feet. You know what I'm saying? And that to me, the fact that he came out of nowhere, the fact that Nobody saw this coming, and it, it was in question, the fact that he overcame injury. Like, Magic Johnson was a star the entire way. Yeah, right. The yep. entire way, right? Like, this dude was yeah. a freak right. the entire right. way. So, to me, it adds a little extra that Steph came, like, out of nowhere, out of Davidson on bum ankles and figured out a way to really change the game. Like Who's
2: the uh, – look at every sports movie that we've enjoyed, right? All of them, doesn't matter what it's. It's never about the favorite. It's never about the number one pick. It's always about the guy who's got to overcome shit, you know? And then that's literally Steph. He's gone, uh, overcome something on every level, including the ankle stuff. But that's why people
3: have a hard time putting them there because they're in a grant. And from a macro perspective, it is kind of fluky. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It is kind of like, like he hasn't been on the pedestal the entire time like you know Isaiah was a monster you know what I'm saying like Michael Jordan was the man like it was clear who you were dealing with obviously Kareem like I only I only even know of Power Memorial because (laughs) (laughs) because, you know what I'm saying like (laughs) like I mean like Bill Russell was the best player in college basketball right like we heard about Larry Bird, right? You know what I'm saying? Right, like teams were jockeying before he was even dra- selected. So to me, it's very difficult for people to grasp that this out, out, essential outsider yep. has come in to become this. I, I think it's tough. That's And also that's why I think it's a very premature conversation because he's not done, yep. right? And the more time he has at this top spot at, in this ilk, the more comfortable people will get, including primarily former players. And I think the conversation, the conversation will change. Like I do think it was really jarring for this six foot two Davidson dude to just cook dudes and, and jump spots and leapfrog people. And I think they had a really hard time dealing with it. And like, we've gotten to the point now where it's like, okay, Steph is one of the top dudes of all time. And now we're just gonna sit with this for a while, right? <laughs> yeah. And and I do think I think the conversation we have now, whatever conclusions we make now, will not be the conclusions in five years, right? Like that's just what this won't be what it is.
2: Makes a lot of sense, man. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. How's he changed? How just from when you can tell from the outside, from the guy you met in two thousand and nine to the person who just won you know their fourth title and the finals MVP.
3: Uh. Well, number one, he's like far more famous. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's definitely uh, it, I would say this the uh he, he it's amazing how much how much he stayed the same despite the, like wow. the change. I, I think it's impossible to stay the same when you experience what he experienced and like his his fight to stay as close to the two thousand nine Steph Curry as possible yeah is definitely pretty admirable. He is much more comfortable in his skin. He is increasingly less, uh, like, like his concept of the right thing is changing. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like he's uh, yeah he had an idea of what it meant to be professional or what it meant to do the right thing, and I think he's he's grown to see like, yo, know, when you when you the face of a franchising of a league, like the right thing looks different, and, and you know, huh? oh yeah, it's a little bit different. So uh, I, I do think there are some elements about him that have, you know, changed over the years. Right. Uh, I mean, like he even curses more than you ever heard him curse. Right. Like, <laughs> but I do think the core elements of what makes him, those haven't changed. And to me that that's the admirable part, right? Like, like he's still, it's crazy to watch this dude. Sometimes you forget that he's one of the biggest superstars on the globe because he'll just interact with people. Yeah and, you know, you'll see him interact and you're wondering, like, why are they freaking out? Like, it's just Steph. You know what I'm saying? Then you like, but to them, it's Steph Curry, right? <laughs> but, he, but he acts like, you know, just Steph. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so yeah. That, that ability to watch that, to watch him get bigger and still be able to, to get down to, you know, and look people in the eye and remember names and, you know, do those little, like, kind of, microaggressions that let you know like i'm into you know what i'm saying like i care about you right that mm-hmm. type of stuff it's you know it's just it's just hard to get some superstars to look you in the eye oh, the here the- this dude is remembering your name you know what i'm
2: saying i went to fantasy league i'm an obnoxious asshole for like a few months you know this guy has changed the game of basketball and is still relating to everybody um all right here's our last one i'm gonna make it a choose your own adventure you can go either way so either your favorite moments, looking back at this title run, not just in the playoffs, but just moments that stuck out. Or if you could be a fly in the wall, you could go back and be a fly on the wall in any private conversation or private moment during the finals, which would you, uh, which would you like to be a fly on the wall for? You mean during the, this finals or any finals? Oh shit. Expand it. Any finals.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, That last one is a tough because there isn't a moment like, like you don't know, you don't know the moment you want to be there for because you're not there. You know what I'm saying? Like, so all of them, I want to be a fly on the wall through the entire, (laughs) the entire thing. I mean, I kind of, I wouldn't mind if I had to, I don't, I don't want to be a fly on the wall in the locker room. I want to be a fly on the wall. in. this is going to sound weird. Like, I don't want to say like hotel room, but in the moments where the players are together. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, So maybe on the bus in a row, like not the stuff that they're saying and doing out loud, not the game plan. Like, I want to know the moment Steph thought they can't see me. Yeah. And he told Draymond, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah like, absolutely hey, right. I'm saying? Or like whatever, you know, or the conversation that Jordan Poole had with Klay Thompson. And they were like, yo, we're going to get this, you know, it's, it's on, up, you know what I'm saying? Like there was a, uh, and might've been the 2015 finals. I wrote about this in golden, but like Steph and, and, and Draymond kind of had a moment together where they, they were down to one and they had to figure mm-hmm. it out. And, and they kind of talked to each other about this is on it. Like to me, I want to be on the fly for that, which kind of doesn't happen. Uh, Steph apparently gave a great speech before game four. That uh I heard was really good. So if I had to pick a moment, I probably would want to hear that speech. But uh I w I wanna hear the private I wanna hear the private moments where they where you find out what they really feel. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I,
2: I love the idea of the clay JP conversation. The, and multiple yeah, right? of them. I'd I'd like to hear as many of those as I can. I'd love Put to Put me hear on she- the bench. Her- Put me on a bench when Steve Kerr benched Draymond. It's exact, exactly what I was gonna say. Oh, that's exactly or, or like as they come off the floor, like what does that look like? You know, even just to see the the look that they exchange, whatever it is, um, and shit. I know. I, like, see, I want to know
3: what Draymond is thinking while he's sitting there and watching. Okay. So my big thing, I'm I I, I like I, I like psychology, uh-huh. right? And I always want to know the how, like the practical how. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So. I want to know what Draymond is thinking while he's benched. He's embarrassed. He is not playing well. And what is his process from going from that to getting back on the court and being great for the last fourth quarter? You know what I'm saying? I'm interested in that moment. What is he doing? Is he telling himself – you know, you gotta, you're, you're embarrassing yourself, right? Like, is it a conversation? Like, uh-huh. this is, our, is, is he pissed at Steve? I, I can't stand him. I want to, I'm going to show him, like, how does he get from absolutely right, and angry to, I'm about to shut this, this lane down. You know what I'm saying?
2: Hell yes. I'm
3: he's in that stuff.
2: He's reading tweets from his mom, joking tweets, but no, that's that's, and, and it's that transition that goes back to where you started this. That's why he's one of those dudes, right? That's oh, why, why you've that. got to beat him, is that, you know, he, he can make that transition, and then, you know, now he's a champ. That's, that's, to me, that's what makes the,
3: the just the life of a player. That's what makes these dudes unique. Yep. It's what happens between their ears, right? It's what happens. It, it's, it's the level they can get to. It's how they think. It's how they're ticked. Like, Steph is a psycho. Like, he's crazy, by normal people standards Steph is crazy like he's a dude who's going to get up at 5am and work out every day at like 75 years old you know what I'm saying like a bit maniacal he's going to be the dude on Instagram who's like 82 with an 8 pack (laughs) talking about all you got to do is this like no this ain't all you got to do you're a maniac none of us are maniacs we're not 80 years old running marathons right like you're nuts right (laughs) <laughs> so that's going to be st- like these dudes, they, they they don't get to this level by just sheer talent. They get here because there's something different about how they think and what they see. And, you know, anytime somebody has like a normal way of thinking, a normal, a very, a very regular, normal human process, it looks like weakness. Huh. And you know what I'm saying? Huh. Like if you get affected by what other people say, yeah. You soft, even though everybody gets affected by what other people say. Right. Like it's how their minds have to operate in such a different way. Like, Draymond, like we will never know what it's like for 20,000 people to cuss us out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you play through that? You get what I'm saying? Like there are people who are going at Steph Curry's wife. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Most of us, you say one negative thing about my wife, is like what? 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 <laughs> he has a an entire city going at his wife? Like how do you not go crazy? You know what I'm saying? Like how are you not Ricky from Boys in the Hood just swinging at <laughs> the air? Like <laughs> they, their minds are so like how they think is so different that it's just it's fascinating to me. So I would want to be there. For those moments. That's what I want to be there. One of my favorite, you asked one of my favorite moments. I'll never forget Portland. Remember when Steph had 17 in the fourth quarter overtime? And uh he was doing on court interviews. And I always like to stay and linger, just watch the scene. Huh. And I remember I ended up walking off at the same time he was walking off, but they stopped me because he was coming. So security stopped me so I could see it. And I looked at Steph and I'm like, yo, that was crazy. And his face. Was more shocked than mine. You know what I'm saying? He was looking like, Yo, isn't this insane? I'm like, What do you mean you did it? Would you? <laughs> but it hit like it was crazy. It was like he was in the body during the game, or maybe he, you know what I'm saying? Like he was this assassin during the game. And then something happened after the game, where he clicked, and he was like, Did I just do that? Like that's how you know he was in the zone because his face was like, Yo, isn't this nuts? I was like, dude, that was like that was like some Jordan performance. He was like, this is crazy. Like his eyes were always like, yo, this is nuts. Like, like Like he got possessed.
2: Yeah, they're like the like Will Ferrell in Old School. He does some speech and like literally uh, is taken over by something else and then snaps back out of it. Like, did that just happen? It was Uh, like that. That was like crazy because I was like, yo, like this dude. (laughs) He he
3: really is. He really just wowed himself. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He really just stunned. Like. But but I think the moment and all of that, like the thing about Steph is he can always like he can always get to the part of him. That's the little kid with his dad. Yeah. And this is all still yeah. this is all still cool. Right. No matter what happens, he can find that spot where he's like, this is a privilege. This is what I dreamed of. It's amazing that we're here. I can't believe we're here. Like he can always find that spot. No matter what, he can always find that spot. And he found it like in that moment, like, yo, like I'm in the NBA playoffs. I just did something ridiculous. Everybody's going crazy. And like, he looked like me looking at him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I looked at him like, yo, that was wild. He looked at me like, I know. Like that was- <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that because I couldn't believe he had the same reaction as I had. But he dropped like, remember, he wasn't even supposed to play. that. Like, oh, I definitely five remember. Minutes, he dropped 17 points in overtime. Remember the Paul Allen's face? Everybody was stunned. <laughs> it was like this is not, this is insane. And he, and he had the same reaction. It was, it was hilarious. One of my favorite moments of all time. Cause I'll never, I'll never forget his face looking back at me. Like it was like, he was in a zone and then he snapped out of it and realized,
2: yo, I just destroyed the entire French. <laughs> Did I just blow up the Rose garden? Oh. <laughs> it's why we love him. It's why we love him. Uh, MT. Thank you. I appreciate you. I really appreciate this. I am sure I'm not alone for people who need way more Marcus Thompson, the in their life, where do they go? If
3: they don't, if they don't know where to find me, then they ain't worthy.
2: You know what I'm saying? Don't <laughs> you
3: know, check me out at Thompson scribe on all platforms or follow me at the
2: athletic where they pay me to, to write for you. Um, let me say let me add. So, as someone who has read Marcus forever and has read sports pages forever, if you listen to this show you like the kind of content that they're kicking out at the athletic. Um, It it is specific to us. It's not bullshit, easy coverage. It's the kind of details that you need as a real warriors fan. So for what it's worth, huge plug from us. Appreciate you MT. I mean, thank you, man. I know, I know you're exhausted. I know this went long. Uh, Yeah. Great stuff. All good. Town beers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace.
0: Good, good.